0: I'm Dan Schinder,
1: and I'm Steven Schinder,
0: and we are doing a very special episode here on Yes Shift, father-son team,
1: yeah, he's the father, I'm the son,
0: in case you weren't sure, not that he yeah. looks old, but often I can be quite immature.
1: Yeah, I'm 27, and he's somewhere north of that. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: The music you're hearing is, yes, actually playing uh, a song from Alan's um, solo album, um, Ramshackled, which Steve and I actually scheduled this for his birthday like two months ago. Long before he passed, yeah, because we, if you've been following us, you know, we did a, we're doing an album series, a little bit different than Yes's album series, we're doing the first of each solo album by each member of Yes, from the time, yes, since joining Yes, right, and we're playing a, a little bit of Song of Innocence, let's let that play a little bit. For those who don't know, I started to think to myself, I was going to say, it sounds really good as a Yes song. Well, Steve Howe was playing the laptop steel on the yeah, original he, version, and John was singing. So
1: Yeah, you got Steve and John on there.
0: Yeah. So beautiful piece of music. Uh, Alan was a beautiful piece of human. Um, I knew him since 1989, and when I started Trump Talk TV in 2013, um, I had him on, I think, I think the first year, actually, and I hadn't seen him in a while. Um, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been a little hard to process, but we wanted to feature this very special solo album, the only one he did.
1: Yeah, and of course, today would have been his 73rd birthday, and we just came from... Uh, you dad just did a tribute to him over on germ talk TV. So people can check out that video afterward. I'll be sure to link in the comments. Uh, uh thanks. The way. Yeah. Uh, I played
0: just a half hour or so,
1: yeah, um, 45 minutes.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Cause I played like the first half of awaken and then the revealing science of God and then, um, going for the one. Right. And, uh, and then on the day before, so May 29th, which happens to be Steve's sister's birthday and my daughter's birthday, same person, um, yeah. <laughs> we did a long memorial tribute to Alan. I had just gotten back from a vacation, and I got the text on the last day of that vacation when we were packing to come home that he had passed. So Sunday we did that. Um,
1: yeah, I remember when... Um... I got the message. Uh, You were trying to call me, but I was on the bus because I was traveling. And so you had to text it to me. And it was, like, after I was listening to Stevie Nicks and thinking about that interview where Alan talked about, you know, the Love Will Find A Way was almost a Stevie Nicks song, and he convinced Trevor to make a Yes song. So it was very bizarre, and I had to, like, listen to Tales, like, after hearing that news. But, yeah, it's been you know fans have been showing their tributes and whatnot um I'll actually mention a few right off the bat and, and then we'll go into talking about this album and at the end we'll we'll touch upon the set list for Yes's warm-up show that they did yesterday so yeah. we'll save that to the end so we don't spoil that And and we have
0: something special to show you and play in between. Yeah. And we'd love to see who knows what the actual wink with the, cause that's the caveat with the actual piece of music is that you're going to be hearing with something I put together for Alan, but Steve, go for it. Give some shout outs to other people giving tributes, playing drums to yes music.
1: Right. So in that category we had, um, and I'll mention a couple other yes members as well, but at the NAM show, Brand keyboardist Chris Clark uh, apparently like pounded out the intro to hold on in tribute to Alan. And he's looking forward to performing with John Anderson on tour in April of next year. Uh, a friend of ours, Tony Jefferson, was drumming to Gates of Delirium. Uh, it's really great, and uh, so is Greg Diener's uh, video from last year, which you reshared uh, as a tribute, where he drummed to Owner of a Lonely Heart. And uh, this isn't a drumming one, but I wanted to uh, give then... a shout-out to... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> to, to Matt a bear. Um, I think that's how it's pronounced it's spelled H E B E R T. I did one of those like Google has this sound like type of things, but yeah, check out his YouTube channel. He's done like a couple guitar things. To, like, Leaves of
0: green is beautiful. Yeah. Love that. Day. Great job. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh, earlier I saw that Jeff Downs tweeted, uh, like happy heavenly birthday thing to Alan. And Oliver Wakeman over on his website wrote uh, like like he posted about Alan after hearing the news, but he made a lengthier thing with a few anecdotes, like how Alan was very encouraging to him when he had to learn the yes material in such a short amount of time. And as we know, Alan also had to like learn that in a short amount of time. So
0: what better mentor for that?
1: Yeah. And I also saw that both Oliver and Jeff also tweeted about John Wetton, whose birthday would have been the other day as well. So, you know, lots of stuff to take in. Um, Yeah, these musicians, Um, one of my, um, I guess, one of my favorite singers, Julie Cruz, passed away recently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. she a few of her songs ended up on the show Twin Peaks so yeah it's it's a strange time but we're you know we're going forward by we keep on listening to these people's music of course
0: yeah and that's what music's for you know to to live on you know and yeah. that's that's such a great legacy i mean the legacy alan's left behind um even had he never played in Yes, what he did with John Lennon, he's on Imagine. He's played with George Harrison, John and Yoko. He played with Joe Cocker. I mean, he's done so many things. Oh, and then there's that Yes thing for about a month <laughs> shy of fifty years. You know, that's that. Who holds a job for yeah, that long? Two
1: months, maybe. Yeah. yeah.
0: So uh, there, there's you can really dive in and and soak up yeah a lot of Alan
1: yeah definitely so um regarding Ramshackled uh this came out so here's a context for this um and this bit I got from Wikipedia because it was succinct enough and it just makes more sense than me trying to paraphrase it I guess but Um, Alan White had worked with these musicians like before all this Yes stuff. Uh, He worked with Pete Kirtley and Kenny Craddock in the Alan Price set and Happy Magazine. And and, uh, he, Kirtley, Craddock, and Colin Gibson then worked together in a short-lived band, Griffin, in 1969, excuse me. And in the early 70s, uh, they, along with Bud Beetle, played together in Simpsons Pure Oxygen. Um, and says here, Craddock was also in the second lineup of Linda's fame, who released two albums between 73 and 75. So, some of these people on this album were kind of old friends of Alan. And so...
0: And that's cool that he brought them in, you know. I like that.
1: Yeah. And so... Uh, Apparently, this may have been recorded in two days, if Wikipedia is to be believed. I couldn't find any other place. Wait, but...
0: the whole album?
1: Yeah, I mean, it says on Wikipedia, I so I don't know if it's Oh, well, it's, if it's not, on
0: the but... internet, it's truth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, back up. I That's okay. something I never knew. Sasha didn't know either. He's chiming in. Sorry, folks. Two days. I thought it was amazing that... Led Zeppelin's presence was recorded in two weeks with Robert in a leg cast and in a wheelchair most of the time. Right. Two days. That's and, and there's a lot of substance in that music, which, when it came out as a drummer, so it came out in 75, right?
1: Uh, well, it was recorded in May 1975, but it came out... In 76, Um, I saw somewhere that it said March 1976, but listening to the, well, watching the bit of the old Grey Whistle Test interview that's out there, unfortunately the whole thing's not out there, but uh, based on the date that that came out and them saying it comes out this Friday, it seems to have come out February 27th, 1976.
0: So I would have just almost turned 13. And and I had been playing drums six years already. And when it came out, this is kind of embarrassing, but keep in mind, I was 13. Um, I was kind of disappointed because I expected a drum-centric album. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I expected something that really like featured him. I had just different expectations. So I never really dug into it. Now that I'm older and more mature musically and business-wise, and that's about it. Uh, you know, it's, of course, grown on me, and I appreciate all the different styles, and and it, it really is a good album. And when you listen to it, if you listen to it and remember what Steve said about it being recorded in two days, that's crazy.
1: Well, well again, I couldn't find anything else to corroborate that, so I don't know for sure. Okay. But... Um, but listening to an interview from back then with, like, Nightbird and company, Alan was saying basically they were just getting together to have fun, and I think that's a really chill way to approach it, and it really feels like this is the least solo out of those Yes members solo albums at the time. Oh, that's
0: interesting. You're right. The least solo of the solo albums. It's more of a... It's more of a breakaway album. It's more of an album yeah. he didn't do with Yes, though he was instrumental, see what I did there, in, yes. you know, <laughs> putting it all together and, you know, the, all that stuff. So, it's interesting that it is what it is based on that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Um and so other things are going on around that time. By the time this album came out, it just in general music news. Uh, David Bowie put out Station to Station. Peter Frampton Mm. put out Frampton Comes Alive.
0: The best live album recording at that time. And it still is very good that I remember that. Sorry to interrupt, but just for context, the standard was raised way high when that album came out production wise as as a live album. It was light years ahead.
1: Yeah. And in the world of prog rock, Genesis had put out a trick of the tail, So we had that transition from Gabriel to Collins. And around this time, uh, Rush was about to put out 2112, which, you know, another flopped. <laughs> yeah, no, it did really well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what um, turned them into a cult band to start with. Um yeah. a lot of groundbreaking stuff now that you mention all that. Peter leaving, Phil taking over, Frampton Comes Alive, the one of the greatest live albums ever. Even if you don't like the music, you gotta acknowledge the playability, the 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 musicianship, the production, and then 2112, look what all that turned into
1: yeah. you know, and I mean the other day was the 10th anniversary of Clockwork Angels the final right. Rush studio album and my favorite Rush album.
0: Is it your favorite? I don't know if I knew that. You'll yeah, probably say you told me 8 times, but I <laughs> but uh so it's interesting some people didn't receive that album that well. For me it was the beginning not Snakes and Arrows, but I think Clock I think Snakes and Arrows tied up some stuff and clockwork angels was a glimpse of what could have been for the next 10 years like it was very mature the sound was different the lyrics were enchanting it's a great album and i love that it's tied in with the book that neil wrote with the other gentleman and um i like it personally so interesting interesting
1: yeah yeah but getting back to 76, compared to those other albums, Ramshackled was pretty low-key, you know? Yeah. Like, and it's kind of doesn't have... Um, like, it's very eclectic, I guess, uh, is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah! Well, well, I guess I'll read off the track list real quick. So on side one, we have Ooh Baby in parentheses going to pieces... One Way Rag, Avacac, Spring Song of Innocence. Inside two, we have Giddy, Silly Woman, Marching Into a Bottle, Everybody, and Darkness, Parts 1 through 3. Um, now,
0: I, I want to uh, comment and a question, if I may. Okay. And folks, chime in. Let us know where you're watching from. Let us know if you're familiar with the album, what you like about it, and anything else about Alan. Um so you mentioned the magic word before you read those off. You said how eclectic it is. That's that's an exact uh, testament and reflection of Alan as a musician. He was not a one-thing musician. He could play to pretty much any kind of music. and And there's a lot of great stuff that does shine through in here that is either, oh, wow, I never heard that side of him, or it's glimpses of stuff that Came out of him and into yes, music. There's some really neat, neat, different, um, ethnic layers in there. That's my comment. My question is I gotta ask, what's your favorite?
1: My favorite I, is one
0: you get one.
1: I hate this question. <laughs> I mean, it's not that difficult. Um, like Spring Song of Innocence is the one I keep coming back to because you have. John singing. And uh, it's also based on a, a really good William Blake poem. Um, I kind of like some of William Blake's works, uh, even took a course on him a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I know all the words to this one. So that might be my favorite. John Kuhn uh, as well. Yeah, uh, he but, just um, chimed in. Thanks, John. Um, on, on In terms of like a technical, like just instrumental level, I feel like Avocac has a lot going for it, and so does Darkness parts one through three. Um what those ones feel very I, I guess they feel the most proggy to me, but they don't really sound much like yes to me. They kind of feel a bit like King Crimson in some aspects.
0: That's and how ironic is that? That's interesting. Um I I like those tracks, and Avocac is my favorite. And it has a couple twists in it. Um, and I don't mean just like time signature changes, but like that the horn sounds come in, and it's like, oh, and ooh, that works, you know, because it is more proggy and everything. Um I, I like that album. And yeah, I, and I,
1: I like the horns on Avicac.
0: Yeah. I mean that 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 song I meant. I like the album, but I love that song. That's my favorite. And then um uh, darkness Parts 1 through 3, like you said, as well. And I think we like it for the same reason. Like you said, they're a little bit more proggy.
1: Yeah. And Darkness also has, like, these existential lyrics at the end where it's like, "How? why did the darkness turn my apartment into night or something like that? And it's just so, like, everyone's, well, I, I don't want to say everyone, but many people have been in that place, you know? Yeah. Where it's just like kind of a place of loneliness. And I was kind of surprised, like some of the lyrics on this album um, and weirdly like Alan White doesn't have a writing credit for any of these. Yeah. But but like some of the lyrics like that are really good. Uh, there are a few places where I would say the lyrics feel really dated. Um Like on Silly Woman and perhaps on Giddy as well. But Uh,
0: dated for now or for then? Like, do you think mm -hmm. if you heard it when it came out that you would have thought that? Or is it dated because you're representative of that time or a short time before? And now we're 40 whatever years later.
1: Well, maybe in the 70s, I wouldn't have noticed it as much. But this whole thing about, oh, silly woman, don't go do your thing. Just be next to me. It sounds very, you know, it's not. Almost like Frankie
0: Valli or something.
1: It doesn't feel very today or very equal. And I don't know if the song was intended to be satire or making fun of people with those attitudes. It's kind of hard to tell. But yeah. Uh, There are definitely other songs on this album I prefer, I I guess is what I'm saying. Um, But there are, like, oh, so this is something I want to ask you. Like, the first two tracks, Ooh Baby and One Way Rag, got released as the single. And do you think these were the best choice for that sort of thing? Or do you think a couple of these other tracks could have been used instead?
0: That's a good question because to to properly answer it, I have to ask myself the same thing I asked you about the dated lyrics. I have to put myself in 1976, you know, because I think the answer might be different. Might be, I'd have to think about it, but it might be different if I were to judge it based on today's music and, you know, all of that. So, and I'm looking over here at the list, folks, not, not the Gumby show. Um,
1: (laughs) yeah, I think those two songs feel very like stuff you could dance to. Like, I can imagine them being in the background of that 70s show, like, and that's interesting. Yeah, would listen to
0: I I could see Spring Song of Innocence as a single. If it came out today, that would have to be a single, I think. And, and probably looking at the list, the biggest crossover tune to different genres and different types of radio stations okay what do you think do you agree or (coughs) is that whack
1: i'm not sure if i would have chosen spring because then maybe people would think oh this is gonna be more like a yes album and have john anderson singing throughout yeah i i think maybe i would have gone with I probably would have gone with Avakak and Darkness, but, but those are like my top favorites but, instrumentally. But
0: yeah, and I don't, I don't know if those would have been singles back then.
1: Yeah, that's a good point.
0: Um, and, because of length, right. and they're, they're uh Avakak being an instrumental.
1: Yeah, true. Avakak is seven minutes long. Yeah. Um, everybody isn't as long, but it's still, well, like, I'm not so sure about the lyrics on that one, but it does have an interesting way of ending where it sounds like a train is coming, it's like, Whoa, yeah, what the heck was that? <laughs> um, and marching into a bottle, I just want to say real quickly, I had to, like, look at the credits and be sure that it wasn't Steve Howe playing, because it was, like, that good, like, that two-minute instrumental. Yeah. But, yeah, I guess... Uh, Maybe I would have gone with, uh, maybe Spring and either one of the first two tracks might have made more sense. Maybe Spring as the B-side, I'm not really sure.
0: Oh, that makes sense for back then. I could see that, yeah.
1: Right. Um, And there were also a few promo videos for these back in the day for Spring, Giddy, Silly Woman and I think for Ooh Baby as well, um, it was either Ooh Baby or One Way Rag, but mo- most of them look very muddy, like the versions that are on YouTube. Like the cleanest one that we could find is the one for Spring that's on John Anderson's channel. And uh, apparently Patrick Moraz has said that he has a cameo in one of these promo videos and I'm not sure where he is. Uh, I, I tried my best to like look this time again, since it's so muddy, it's hard to I, see. I
0: wonder if it's in the one, what's that? The one, is it the one where they're in like a outdoor, like there's this ceiling fan In a crowd.
1: They're all in that same room. And yeah, video, but, I bet
0: he's in one of those.
1: Yeah. Like maybe in the audience. Some, um, yeah. I think. Serving drinks the, or something. Um, looking at the one for Giddy. Uh, I did notice that like forty-five min, forty-five min, forty-five seconds before <laughs> the end, there was uh, the camera like focuses on the face of someone who's like wearing a red hat, and it looks like it could vaguely be him, maybe. Oh man, I now know, I gotta watch 100% that again. Percent sure. Yeah. Um. But if anyone knows, like, just let us know. Yeah, chime I'm in. We're curious. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, those videos are interesting because for spring, there's like nobody except for the musicians, and then the others, it's like there are people gathered around, and it's kind of like a club sort of thing,
0: yeah. And if I remember correctly, probably the first glimpse of Alan's North drums and a full North drum kit in one of the videos, which got featured heavily on the uh that green kit on the going for the one tour in 77 and the first tornado tour in 78, they were green in 77. And then he had the primary colors uh, on the first in the round tour. The north drums are the ones that look like they have like a tuba bell. You know, they scoop out Mm -hmm. like that. They look like Roger Dean designed them basically. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. And Uh, I guess I should uh, mention that my first time hearing any of this album was on the yes years video where they had a snippet of that woman video. And even back then, I remember thinking to myself, this feels really different from like all this other yes stuff on here. Um, And it wasn't until...
0: Slightly Calypso-ish, almost.
1: Right. And it wasn't until I was in eighth grade or maybe seventh grade. Um, in the late 2000s, where I stumbled upon Song of Innocence, the video for it, and then later on listened to the rest of the songs on the album. And I was like, huh, this is different. And I didn't really explore it that much back then, but I've listened to it more these times. And there are, like, really great jazz moments and even perhaps reggae moments, if if it's right. considered reggae. Um, and You know, it's just the parts that I like are very, you know, when they're great, they're like really great. Um, when you got, when you first listened to this album, what was that like? Did you like get the album from the store or how'd you get
0: My it? friend had it and sorry, I pulled up a folder and it popped up in front of me. I'm I'm going to where we have pictures of the album in the sleeve and stuff. I thought I had that pulled up. Um, So I, I never got it. I don't think, I don't think Think I have it. Um, do you remember seeing it in my collection at any no. point? Yeah, I don't think I have my friend had it. And again, I was very young. I was 13, and um it, it just wasn't anything that I expected. Right. So I listened to it a few times, and that was kind of it for many years, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna so pull I'm-
0: up some images while you're talking about it some more and show. Um, Like, here's the front cover.
1: Yeah, I, I heard in that Nightbird and Company interview that apparently the sketch of Alan was something that Brian Lane, the manager, found. So I don't know, like, who did this sketch.
0: But that does sound familiar.
1: Yeah, and on the back of the album, uh, this was something that uh, I think Paul Watson in one of the Yes groups asked about was like, why is the Yes logo at the very top of it and I think the general consensus people uh, came to was that maybe it's like due to branding like if you're maybe not the general public wouldn't know who Alan White is I agree vaguely know who yes are or maybe a yes fan would go to it and think oh maybe this will sound yes-ish type of thing
0: right I Um, totally agree
1: and there's also a Tom Pickard poem on the back titled Valentine it's kind of written in pen on there so it might be kind of hard to read but it's easy to find online and I like the simplicity and the spacing in this poem if any of you like get to look at it um I
0: have it up but it's hard to kind uh, of hard to see there there we go
1: yeah I actually have it up as well but I wasn't sure if we wanted to like read it or not
0: If you can read it, it's kind of hard for me to read.
1: Uh, Well, I mean, I have it typed out, so... Oh,
0: even better. Go for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I just copied and pasted it from somewhere else. Um, So this is Valentine by Tom Pickard. Simplicity, say sleep. Or shall we shower? Have an apple. You are, as I need, water. Shall I move? Do you dream shallow snow? Flesh, melt this. So it's kind. Of, it feels kind of abstract to me, but it seems like it's very, you know, in the vein of like a romantic poem. I mean, it's called Valentine, but yeah. it, it's an odd choice for, like, it's not something I would expect for like the back of an album um, for some reason. Like, there, I guess it's to show there are hints of, that poeticness like in spring song of innocence
0: yeah Um, and it looks like the poem was written in 73 i'm gonna flip the image around folks and it looks like as i zoom in now see the doodle of the face and then there's a 1973 right there yeah zoom in again there we go kind of interesting
1: Yeah, and I also have pulled up, um, I found this on Forgotten yesterday. There's this advertisement for this album where at the top it says, The Original White Tornado, and it's in black and white. um, Looks kind of like a sketch, but it's probably like a photo that's been like rotoscoped or whatever the technique is. And uh, the text says, Today they call him Yes's White Tornado. Before today, he could be heard drumming up a storm behind Alan Price, John Lennon, and the Plastic Ono Band, George Harrison, Joe Cocker, and even Ginger Baker as the second drummer in the Air Force.
0: That's right, Uh, Ginger Baker's Air Force, yeah.
1: Now Alan White brings his powerful um, drive center stage on his first solo album, Ramshackled. It's rock, it's jazz, it's R&B and yeah that description of the genres i think summarizes it pretty well it does feel very R and jazz and rock so yeah. i guess that was their attempt at saying that this isn't a yes album it's something yeah different yeah um and one thing that i thought was kind of odd um which i kind of know the answer to is that You know, Chris Squire and Alan White, as tight as they were, they weren't on each other's solo albums in this period. Um, And, like, listening to that interview I mentioned earlier, uh, Nightbird and Company, it seemed like Alan was saying that the band were thinking it would be kind of silly if there were too many band members working together and they had to, like, find their individual voices type of thing, which I guess makes sense. I just found it kind of funny because they're so used to how close Chris and Alan are.
0: Right. No, um, I agree with that. And uh, maybe they just needed a break from each other. <laughs> In a good way, I mean, you know.
1: <laughs> maybe. Um, and since John guests on the song, I think this might be the only one of these first solo albums since drawing yes that he guests on and it made me wonder like do you think john could have guessed it on any of these other solo albums either on lead for a song or backing vocals for a song
0: i don't imagine doing backing vocals would be a thing definitely not chris's because chris is just such a great singer and with steve howe steve howe is such a interesting unique voice. Um, you know, he's a tenor and it definitely goes with his album, you know? Um, Mm. so I don't know. I'm trying to think like who else and what else got put out. He did a good job on his own solo album.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So I I don't know.
0: What do you think? Do you hear him on a particular song?
1: I was thinking maybe backing vocals on the Steve House song, Australia. Like, for some reason, I can imagine that. Interesting. Um, Yeah, maybe backing vocals on Hold Out Your Hand, You By My Side, kind of like what they did live. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't know if he would have been, like, down for that or what. But as far as the live performances, it looks like, One Way Rag got played live by Yes uh, four times in 1976, and Spring, Song of Innocence, got performed ten times. And I also saw that back in 2014 at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Uh, There's this video of One Way Rag being performed, and there's a drummer, I'm not sure, I didn't get a good look at who does it, but Alan White is the on the hand drum in that video, it seems. Yeah. Um, So there's like a a little bit of live play for this album, but not a whole lot. Um, Yeah. So I guess that brings us to how might working with Yes have influenced Alan on Ramshackled?
0: I think the the fact that Yes has so many influences and, and different colors and shades of music that I think And probably in his mind and his heart, that gave him the green light to do that on one album, to have all these different, you know, styles and not just be exclusive to one thing, you know.
1: Right, because he said he could be like different moods and not just be one thing. So I guess, yeah, working with Yes might have, you know, as great as it was, maybe he wanted to like have a chance to experiment with like these other things um, right like even if not just even if not writing wise like at least performance wise and just hanging out with these older friends he hadn't performed with in a while
0: yeah let, let's play this video for them is uh, that okay if we move to that or do you still sure. have more on the album you want to cover the tribute
1: Uh oh yeah let me just look at this real quick um well one more question before we get into that video. yeah how yes is it, in your opinion?
0: Not much at all. <laughs> Even though John and Steve have a presence, I, it's just not. And yeah. I think that's great.
1: Yeah, it's definitely the least yes sounding and the least solo sounding. I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead with that tribute video. Um, I'm so, not sure if you want to preface it, but
0: yeah, I will. Ahead. This is something we put together, um, and it's a slideshow of different pictures of Alan through the years. There's a reoccurring photo that's right there. That's me with Alan. Alan was 42; I was 27, 28, 27, and in my arms is Steve's older brother. And Alex was two weeks old. So you'll see Alex in that photo with some captions and see if you could put that puzzle together. But more importantly, chime in if you could tell us exactly what the recording is for the soundtrack. Who is it? This will be interesting. Here we go. Check this out, folks. Well, start from the beginning. There you go. Tell us if you know exactly what that recording is and who the people are playing it. And we're not going to give it away if no one guesses while we're live. We'll wait and see if people guess from the archive, and then we'll, we'll say who's right or tell you what it is if no one is. So, <sighs> ramshackled. There you go. That's our thoughts on it, our review yeah
1: so yeah you know alan white gone but definitely not forgotten and oh yeah i'm not sure like how to segue yeah but just
0: i guess make that hard turn
1: Yeah, um, I do see a comment from Wayne Sims who says, hello again, Dan, and hello to your son. Yes, I'm still awake, and it's 3.12 a.m. here in the UK. (laughs) Um, Oh, so I guess that would have been half hour ago. My bad. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) He says, I'm just saying a quick hello before I go to bed, and I'll watch the rest later today, which I've saved, so I'll say goodnight, and I'll watch the rest later today.
0: Oh, that's great. Thanks. Uh, Wayne was on the tribute I did earlier on Drum Talk TV, uh, he's in the UK. Like, what time is it there? It's like midnight here. <laughs>
1: yeah. But yeah, we're, we're going to close this out by touching upon uh, the set list that yes did for their warm up show yesterday at the Travis Dock wharf over in the UK. So and they're, and spoilers. they're dedicating
0: the tour to Alan. I'm not sure how they're doing that other than this is for Alan. I'm real curious, but yeah, uh, this is cool that they did this warm up show. Let's have that set list,
1: right? Uh, because I'm not sure if you peeked at this, Dad, I did, or, or if this, oh, so these will be your live reactions, yeah? That's okay, uh, yeah, so I learned about this, uh, second hand or maybe third hand. I know that Simon Barrow uh, over on Twitter shared uh, what it was. Um, he says he's gonna. Watch some shows of theirs in Scotland and do a tour diary that he might publish. So nice, uh, that could be interesting. And
0: Dave Watkinson's going to see at least three
1: shows, yeah. Um, so I have to stress that I was told that uh, this first song on the set list is a slightly abridged version, and I'm not sure like in what way it's abridged or how slightly five percent
0: for nothing abridged. <laughs>
1: No. Um, And again, folks, spoilers for the set list. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we don't know how much of the tour set list is going to be this, but of course it's going to be. So if you don't want to know, you'll want to be surprised. But after they do the first show, the videos and shit are out there anyways. But if you're going to the first show, maybe. But yeah, it's nice of you that you did do the disclaimer. That's the right thing to do.
1: Yeah. Okay. So... The first song was a slightly abridged performance of On the Silent Wings of Freedom. Oh,
0: wow. Wow. I wonder why they did an abridged version, though. It's not like yeah, it's but, a 20-minute song.
1: Yeah, but it's what's funny is I'm pretty sure you and I were... I think one of us might have mentioned... Um, on a previous episode that this would be like a good song to start with as like a tribute. Th- that's
0: how I started his Memorial tribute on May 29th with, on the silent wings. Oh, of Freedom. that's
1: right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then I did sound chaser. Great way to warm up with two easy songs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is perfect, but I wonder why they didn't a version or my, my, I'm trying to stop my mind From figuring out what part did they cut out,
1: it just yeah. Like I, I have to see the video of this to really have. Oh, there's video. No, there isn't. Not yet. Um, but I'm saying when there is video, Ah, like ah. yeah. Um, but moving on. After that, we. I just want to say
0: one thing about that. Maybe it's abridged because they've only been rehearsing a few days. Maybe they felt they need to get it down better before they play the whole thing, and maybe they will be playing the whole thing.
1: Yeah, maybe. I know the tour, like, actually starts, like, tomorrow in Glasgow. Um, Like, the first, like, official show, I guess. Uh, So after that is Yours is No Disgrace. So, you know, something they're very familiar with, have played many times. And then this next one, they actually played it on the Royal Affair tour, but it's not something they've played a whole lot other than that. No opportunity necessary, no experience needed. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then after that is, does it really happen again? Something they've become somewhat familiar with over the last several years. Wow.
0: That's awesome.
1: And then Steve Howard, uh, did his solo spot. So did a little bit of improv before going into clap. And then after that is wondrous stories. Oh yeah. So, you know, safe one there. And then I'm not sure. So I've seen a couple different places say um, like one place saw that Heart of the Sunrise is between these next two songs. Another one says it's after these two. Um, But yeah, Heart of the Sunrise is in there. But these two songs are from the Quest. Oh. Yeah, and they're the only Quest songs on this set list. Um, I wasn't sure if you want to take a guess or if I should just like read them off.
0: Go, um, the ice bridge has to be,
1: yeah, that's one of them.
0: Okay. And the other one, what, I don't know. What's the other one
1: dare to know?
0: Of course. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So the first two tracks on the, album. yeah, um, that's good. Yeah. It, it's good that there's something. I just kind of wish that there had been a couple more tracks, but may, maybe they could change their mind as they keep touring. Yeah. Um, and so after those, and of the Sunrise, we got the whole C- Close to the Edge album in album order. So Close to the Edge, "And You and I, Siberian true And then uh, for the end, they got Roundabout and Starship Trooper.
0: That's kind of a surprise.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, over on Louder Sound, someone put... Um, their review of this warm-up show it it sounds like there were maybe a few glitches you know they were working out the kinks but overall it sounded like it was done pretty well and the space was too cramped for there to be room for like roger dean's video wall but i think there was like an exhibition upstairs at the venue or something Mm. but yeah, it should be interesting to see what the video wall stuff looks like. But yeah. overall, what do you think of that set list?
0: I'm a little surprised that it doesn't include more classic yes lineup, being, you know, Alan, Steve. Alan, Steve, Rick, Chris, John. Hmm. That lineup. Um, but it's eclectic for sure. Um yeah. It spans, you know, you got on the silent wings of freedom from Tormato. Does it really happen from uh, drama? And then you got some really early stuff, uh, the one song off Fragile with Roundabout, and then oh,
1: also Hard of the Sunrise.
0: Yeah, Heart of the Sunrise. That's right. And I guess given that they're featuring the whole album close to the edge, there's only so much room left, so they took almost a little bit of. Everything sort of. Here's a question to you about that and everybody else. Okay. Should they be honoring the Trevor Rabin years? Should they play like at least one or two songs from that? I mean, that's huge for them as a band, as the Yes Legacy. And, you know, I love Steve Howe. He's like one of my three very favorite guitar players, way, 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 way at the top. If not my very favorite guitar player, and just because he's the guitar player doesn't mean they shouldn't be playing something off. I and I know it'd be so easy to just say, oh, just throw an (laughs) owner of a lonely heart. But how cool would it be for them to play changes or something? They got Billy to do the other vocals and or hearts. You know, I guess they've done that. Um, but I just think they should honor that period. If you're if you're going to do bullet points of 50-plus years, that's a big bullet point missing, even though it was only three yeah. albums. And yeah, Rick so- Wakeman says, if it wasn't for 90125, Yes might have just never gone on after that.
1: Yeah, so a couple points toward that. Um, in Steve Howe's autobiography, he did mention that some of them feel like they don't have, they don't feel ownership to some of those like Raven era things. So um I guess maybe if Chris were still around, there would be a little bit more. And I know but, Alan was also part of that, but like, you know, but uh, to answer the other part of your question, I do think it would be nice if they played, at least a couple tracks from the Raven years because like if anything, like pick stuff that would honor Alan, you know, the stuff that features a lot of drums, like changes, you know, changes or a really deep cut to like our song. Um, oh yeah. Could even um, do I'm running to honor Chris as well with that gnarly bass stuff.
0: Endless dream. If they want to lose their minds.
1: Yeah, Endless Dream would be amazing. But
0: that's pretty... That's a heavy song. That's a difficult song, no matter how you slice it. It's a difficult song.
1: Yeah, it is. I'm sure State of Play might be kind of challenging as well, but it'd be cool to hear. Yeah.
0: I don't think they ever played that live.
1: Right. I think in an interview, Alan thought they played it once, but I haven't seen anything to like any evidence of that so i don't know if maybe it was remembering a rehearsal or what but yeah yeah, i I do wish like i'm glad there wasn't as much classic yes as maybe you were expecting but i still would have dialed it back a little bit more like as much as i love heart of the sunrise and wonder stories and yours is no disgrace i would have swapped those out for a few more songs from the quest cuz you know it's uh, their most yeah. recent album and they should feature more of it.
0: I I would trade at least one of those for a, another quest song. When you put out an album, you got to represent it yeah. on tour, especially if you want to sell more. It's the yeah. best advertising, hello.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't, just think that's weird.
1: Yeah. So, I guess our reactions are that it's not as safe as we thought it might be, but still somewhat safe in some places. But- now
0: here's a question I would love to know, and I'm sure there's still, de- well, I'm guessing they're still determining this. Wouldn't you love to know what two or three of the switch out songs are like every few nights ah, let Alice swap. What are the swap songs that are sitting off to the side on the bench?
1: Mm, yeah that's a good point they could do that and they have done that like sure most fans do
0: most fans have one to three change out songs
1: yeah yeah it'll be interesting. ritual, <laughs> ritual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's a very you know i think of alan when hearing that song definitely oh was, yeah. yeah just look earlier i was watching um a couple live versions from the symphonic tour and the 35th anniversary tour, um, like in radio city hall and Madison square garden, and they're pretty good for audience shot videos, like showing the energy of it and.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, I guess we'll have to see if anything changes. I'm sure Forgotten Yesterdays will be updated on this and we'll see some YouTube clips perhaps. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so we got that to look forward to, and I know Rick is, like, um, Rick Wakeman announced the dates for, like, his UK Christmas tour, uh, grumpy old Christmas stocking tour, so there's a lot to look forward to. Um, Yeah, I'm glad he's busy after all the sort of losses that, you know, he talked about how we even lost, like, TV presenter Bob Hall and... Uh, Dave Smith, the father of MIDI, and I'm not as familiar with them, but they meant uh, quite a deal to him. But I'm and the gentleman,
0: still... and the gentleman last year who Chris got the triple neck from.
1: Oh uh, yeah. He passed Richard.
0: away. Rick's bass player.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a lot to take in, but I'm glad that he's still keeping busy, and that these yeah. other guys are keeping busy as well. You know, keeping the yes flame alive, and. There's so much still to talk about. Um, yeah. And I guess with that, uh, unless you have anything else to say, I guess
0: we can wind down. No, I, there's so much to say, but I'm also kind of lost for words. You know, I'm still processing that he's gone. Yeah. It's, and and I, well, I feel so bad for Gigi and the kids and yeah. and their kids. Um, and I... I haven't reached out to her yet because I don't want it to get lost in the avalanche of everyone reaching out.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot, I'm sure. But yeah. Lots of nice tributes and touching messages as well. So I'm glad that people are honoring Alan and that yes are as well. And it's just, um, you know, like the other day I saw this John Anderson. Interview like very recent where he was thinking back to fun times with Fink Elvis and Alan and sort of like laughing at some fun memories about them. So it's nice yeah. that we have the memories of these people.
0: Yeah. So we'll close by turning up the volume on "Song of Innocence" from Memphis uh, in 1976. might be the most yes-ish song of all of them, by the way. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for following what we do. You can see more episodes in the videos album of our Facebook page at facebook.com slash yesshift. And if you're into podcast culture, listening to us while you're jogging, running, working out, doing chores, pretending like you're working in your cubicle or whatever, you can go to anchor.fm slash yes shift and um, Steve and I still have a lot of ideas for shows but we welcome ideas from you how can they write us Steve
1: yeah they can email us at yes shift at gmail.com. Uh, you can message us some ideas and you can also find the videos on the YouTube channel as well which is slowly growing and um, yeah we'll be back on Facebook live I believe next Tuesday, the 21st at 7 p.m. Pacific. Yes. Um, If anything changes, we'll let you all know on our Facebook page. Um, Maybe it'll be the Oliver Wakeman box set review, or maybe it'll be something else. But, But I know for sure on the 28th, which is Patrick Mraz's birthday, we'll do Story of I, so continuing this solo album series.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thanks, everybody, so much.